Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Renee. With her extensive experience as a double CEO, therapist and renowned treatment specialist, Dr. Calvert's approach to recovery and emotional freedom is unique and diverse. Dr. Calvert's innovative and unfiltered perspective sheds light on the importance of being human and encourages guests and listeners to get real. Joined by Bindi Hyde, producer, coach and founder of Ethical Change Agency on a mission to spread collective change, understanding that it starts with us. It's time to get real. In this episode, we get real with special guest Antonia Rolls, joining us from the UK. Antonia is an artist who creates portraits of those in addiction, in recovery, helping addicts, or in a relationship with an addict to tell the story of what is truly happening for them to shine a light on the humanity behind addiction. It's lovely to have you here and Um, I'm a huge fan of your work and I thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, one of the things that, um, I know has been shared, uh, it's kind of one of the things that I say, uh, when I listen to myself in retrospect, I think it's kind of like, you know, when you hear your own voice on the radio and you go, oh my gosh, you know, that sounds, what, is that me? Um, one of the things I know that I, I repeat quite often, and I think I repeat it because it's so meaningful in my life and in the lives of all of you out there who are listening and looking for what is the purpose in pain? And why do we do the things that we do? And why don't we just throw our hands up in the air and say enough is enough? And that is a healthy response to say, I'm done. Enough is enough. And how we reconstitute from that, the get up from the fall down is everything. So while I do not believe, as I've said, um, that I'm personally not a believer that every painful tragedy that we go through has a purpose in its originality at its origin. I do believe that we can assign a purpose to the pain and we can make it count so that it is not simply senseless. And when I hear a story, not just a story, but a devotion, a vocation, a calling since the time that you were young all the way through present day, what I hear is someone who knew that they were going to touch the world in all kinds of various and sensitive ways, intuitive ways, and being intuitive and having the desire to affect change and touch those who are wounded, heal those who are in the process of breaking and reintegrating and reconstituting again and the grace of and dignity that it requires to walk somebody through the peace past the pain of letting go of their life. There's such a juxtaposition there. One of my favorite movies of all time is Shawshank Redemption 
and, you know, the whole quote of get busy living or get busy dying. And the idea that your life, as well as your art and your creations and your devotion, really is the full spectrum of both. It's those that are dying that you are helping through the doors of the way into another realm. And it's the fight that you're in to stay alive and make sense of pain that is often senseless. And thank God that you have this innate gift to share with the world, but also as a me, an outlet for yourself. And there, there's so much resilience in what you've had to go through. And being in being intuitive and being a creative and being an artist and being more empathic than than most, you know, than than many are, and in touch with their empathy, um, as it requires to really delve deep into uh, not just the art, the physical art that you create, but I would also call the work that you do with people another art form. It's not a science. It's definitely an art. So knowing that you had these innate gifts, but we can never know what the future holds. And that as life took each turn, you relied upon those gifts and that intuition to delve deep. And you've also asked others to delve deep with you. And what has that journey felt like? Beyond you, once you once you invited other people into that story and asked them to share and be representative of their stories, what was that like? Um, thank you so much for your lovely and kind words, Ronnie. That's just wonderful. Um, now, there's a long kind of answer to that, uh, which won't be too long. Um, I am now at a place where I understand more who I am. When I was a little girl, I thought that I was born a fairy. And I believed that I was different. And that wasn't very comfortable because when you feel that you're different, you, you want to belong, but you also know that things don't, don't quite um, add up for you in your own world. So I've had a life where I have experienced a kind of what I call is a, a sort of a black hole inside. I didn't know who I was and nothing. I was like I was like a kind of Henry Moore statue. You know those Henry Moore statues which have big holes in the middle. That's what I was like. And yet I knew that there was something more. So we get to the stage in 2007 when my beloved partner died. And everything fell to pieces. Now, in retrospect, I look back on that and I think that he came along and he died and he gave me a job to do. Because from that moment on, something shifted in my psyche, something shifted in me, and I understood a bit more of what I was supposed to do. Having said that, I was deep in grief and I began to work with people at the end of life. Right. Fast forward um, uh, to, to now. The journey of D 
dealing with the A Graceful Death exhibition, learning how to um, uh, witness the end of life, learning how to journey with people, learning how to hold the space and to get out of the way so that people can just do their own thing. Um, This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. It's, I think, in a way, looking back on it, it's like a kind of training, though it isn't a training because everything, you know, is, is worthy on its own, to the point where I had to face addiction in my family and a very close family member. Um became addicted so it's been 10 years of trying to work out what I'm doing what's happening who I am in this and trying to to understand the craziness of what an addict is and can do and the ripple effects so I started to um I started to do an exhibition in uh, 2018 on this family member with their their permission. Um, And I held this exhibition, uh, which actually was too much for this family member, and it didn't... uh, The the exhibition was great. The paintings, I thought, were really good. They're very powerful. But this person said, please don't show them again. So I have these extraordinary paintings in the studio, which I can't ever show. So I decided um, to do more work and make it wider because... At this exhibition in 2018, um, a lady came in and she was walking around the exhibits and my family member had an opioid addiction, um, which has now spiralled into anything that they can get hold of, including alcohol. Um, And this lady started to cry as she was walking around. And at the end, she came up to me and she said, but this is, this is happening to me, and I thought I was the only one. And a light went off in my head. I thought, there. There is so much shame about this situation, which we don't need to have. And this poor mother thought she would, she believed, you know, her, her, her addict was telling her she was the problem. It was her daughter. And, of course, because she couldn't talk about it, she believed her. She thought, yes, you're probably right. I am the problem. And it occurred to me that I'm actually past that point. I've got all this work out here. And we need to shine a light on this. We need to shine a light on it. I can't cure it. I can't explain it. I don't know what to do. But we need to all see, first of all, that we're not alone. Second of all, that behind every addict there is someone traumatized by loving them and that love is the operative word but that love has got to be very strong and that love is not sentimental and that love doesn't get get stuff given it back to it's not reciprocal but it's a love that's very very strong and it takes a lot of knocks and that love is what a lot of us who do love an addict 
have to learn to deal with. So I started The Addicts and Those Who Love Them. Um, and I showed the first exhibition last year, and I've just finished another one. And I have found that working with people who are in addiction, um, particularly in this way, because I paint their portraits and I interview them and I write their words on the actual portrait. So we have the portrait and the story. So you can't look at the portrait and ignore the word. You've got to see the whole thing. And the story comes alive because what happens then is obviously I can't do anything about it, but I see them and I hear them. And it's the seeing that makes all the difference. I see you. I hear you. Just for as long as we're together, I see you. What you are explaining right now is the first step that absolutely must occur in the healing process. Being seen and being heard is the first step to being understood. And while there's a very big difference between exploiting a loved one, there's a reason why those that belong to a program, um, for all of you out there listening who are part of AA or NA or any organizational group, um, any social behavioral model of recovery, uh, we know the importance of anonymity. We know that within those rooms, we're able to share because it does not leave those rooms. That is the promise. That is the intent, is that there is a place to bear all where you not need to worry when you leave that that is going to follow you to your job, to your relationships outside of that room. It's a place to divulge, if for nothing more, where you are in that moment. And we know that that moment does change, which is the reason why there's the expression, keep coming back, because um, where we are on a Tuesday may not be where we are on a Saturday. Um, and that's just what we know about life. Um, it not only throws us curveballs, but it also throws us angels that come out of nowhere. And some of those angels honestly are ourselves, our higher selves that are pulling us up from something that we don't even, strength we didn't even know we had. When we discuss the difference though between exploitation and humiliation, what many of us do is that we allow for the cycle of secrecy and shame to exist. Nothing heals in secrecy and shame. It cannot be. If we compare it to going into a doctor's office and sitting there and the doctor saying, what's going on? How do I help? What are you going through? And the person staying in utter silence, but sitting right beside a loved one who knows they have a deadly, deadly, you know, whether you want to use the disease model and say they have a deadly disease, whether you want to say that they have an illness, whether you want to say that they have a dark passenger, whether you want to say that they have a suicidal, homicidal person living inside of them, the loved one the person who cares, the person who embodies that truth knows that that doctor 
could help if only they knew what was going on. And in the secrecy and in the shame is the way that that actually spreads, not only throughout the entire body uh, of the person suffering with addiction or alcoholism, but it spreads throughout the entire system. And the system is whoever is close by. Is it our intention when we are in our addiction to be selfish? Is it our intention when we are in our addiction to protect our drug or protect our drink above those that we love? Hell no. Hell no. It is what we understand about survival. And until we understand a different way, until we feel like it is safe for us to be seen, the only thing we know to do is to hide. And the more we hide, the worse we feel. Because now we're compounding present things that we're doing with past things that we did. And we're just digging the hole deeper and deeper, right? The outlet of being able to be seen and heard is the first step to actually being able to be felt and understood. And that understanding is what leads to, so what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? You're an addict. You're an alcoholic. You're a problem drinker. You're a problem user. You're somebody who is running from something. Yourself, your memories, the fact that you've never felt like you measured up, the fact that you've hurt people and you don't even know where to begin with the amends so you just don't start them because how could you ever apologize for what you see as these horrible atrocities that only a monster could commit? We're not monsters. We're suffering and we're lost and we're scared. And when you look at someone in their addiction and they seem selfish and cruel and traumatizing and the mere witnessing of the clutches of death coming for them over and over again, you know, that shadow of death that passes over them and we sit there and we hold our breath and we exhale when they come out of wherever they may be whether it's a hospital or their bedroom or you know whatever their re- revival looks like whatever they're literally coming back from the dead looks like and so long as there is air and breath in their lungs I, for one, choose to believe and have found it to be true. And I think that's what you mean when you say you love hard, you know, you love with all your might. Um, It's not for the light of heart, but the belief that you are worth it, your addict and you are not one and the same person. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Dr. Ronay. If you've loved the show and would like to experience coaching with coaches like Dr. Ronay or Bindi through Live Treatment Concierge Services, visit livetreatmentvip.com.
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.